Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 223, an interview with a parent of a D1 soccer player, a high schooler being recruited, and an up-and-coming sixth grader, Kevin Easley. Part 1. Kevin's interview was so filled with helpful information, I had to split it into two parts. So let's get to part one of the interview. Welcome, Kevin. Brent, uh, thanks for having me. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you taking some time, and we're going to jump right into some uh, questions about uh, you guys, your family's experience with, uh, with recruiting. So, uh, Kevin, tell our Recruit Me families a little bit, a little bit about you and Melissa, and uh, besides uh, chasing three kids, what else do you do, and what's your sports background? Um, what I do I, for a living, I'm an attorney. Um, my wife is a homemaker. Um, we're try to be active in our community, active in our church. Uh, and then, like you said, we spend most of our time chasing our three kids from one sporting event to the next. Yes, we see you a lot. And what, uh, what kind of sports <laughs> background do you and your wife have? Uh, both of us in high school were <clears throat> what I would call multi-sport athletes. We played just about, we both went to very small high schools. And so um, you basically went from one sport to the next to the next and everybody pretty much played everything. And in fact, there were some sports, if you, everybody didn't play, you wouldn't really have a team. So uh, that was kind of our background. Melissa, my wife, excelled in gymnastics. She did club gymnastics and ultimately earned a scholarship uh, at the University of Missouri and was on the gymnastics team um, back when they were in the old Big Eight Conference. Well, and you have uh, three children. You have Jaden, Jace, and Jet. So you guys really went out on a limb on the Jays there. <laughs> and uh, Jaden, I believe, is a year older than my son, Parker. Uh, Jace is uh, the same age as Sutton. So they're juniors in high school, and Jet's a sixth grader. So tell us a little bit about uh, those three kiddos. Well, uh, Jaden is a sophomore at the University of Missouri. She plays um, on the soccer team there. She's kind of your typical oldest child, pretty independent. Um, all three kids are very competitive by nature. Uh, they were all multi-sport athletes. Uh, they'll play anything. You, you can make a game up and they would play it. Uh, Jace is, is a competitive kid as well. He's kind of your typical middle child, driven by the need to prove himself. Uh, it seems to be what motivates him to do well. Jet is uh, probably my most competitive child. Jet will take everything and turn it into a competition. I mean, if you tell him to go get dressed, he'll want you to time him and see how quickly he can run upstairs, get dressed, and get back. Um, and it's not just sports. I, he likes to play card games and video games. And just competing is what really drives him. Um, good kids so far haven't had any significant problems with them, so all is good. Yes, they are. And I, I think I said Jaden's a year older than Parker. I think she's a year younger than Parker. And uh, Jace, uh, we've had the opportunity to play just about all sports with Jace throughout the years. And, and Jet, I've just watched him grow, grow up and he does fit his name. So starting on the recruiting information, uh, when did Jaden start getting uh, college attention uh, by playing both club and high school? 
Jaden first got uh, attention in the middle of her eighth grade year. She went to a camp during the over Christmas break at Missouri State. It was an indoor camp, um, two-day camp. She went, and at the end of that camp, the coach approached us and said he'd like to talk. That's kind of when it started, and that's when we – it took us by surprise. That's not why we were there. Uh, she just wanted something to do. She was bored. We got a little flyer about the camp. She wanted to go. We took her, but that's how it started. Well, and, and I don't know if we said this earlier, but uh, Jaden is uh, – she's playing uh, soccer at uh, the University of Missouri, and I know she started a lot of games or played in a lot of games last year, and, and I think they're in the middle of their season right now. Is that true? Yeah, they, they're having a – because of COVID, they're having a little different season. They're playing basically half of their season in the fall, and they're going to play the second half of their season in the spring. So in the fall, they'll do most of their SEC games, and they will play their SEC tournament. And then in the fall they'll pick, or in the spring, they'll pick up a lot of the games that were canceled, a lot of non-conference games, things like that, and then they will play the NCAA tournament in the spring. So oh, a little man. different this year. Yes, yes, it is. And we're crossing our fingers for baseball and basketball, too. So uh, <laughs> I've talked in nauseam about uh, Parker and how exciting it is to go watch uh, him get to play in college. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about uh, how you feel whenever you get to go see Jaden play. Well, Melissa and I were, are both Mizzou alum. My parents are Mizzou alum. Melissa's sister is a Mizzou alum. So watching your daughter run out of the tunnel – with that jersey on, um, it, it means a lot. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to our family. You know, and she, at a very young age, she was 10 years old when she first told me she wanted to play soccer for Mizzou. So knowing that that was her goal from a very young age and seeing her fulfill that goal, um, it's a great experience. It, it's a great experience. And playing college sports is a great experience. The, the tutors, the discipline that it takes to, to keep up with everything. The friends, you walk on campus and you've got an automatic group of friends. It's a great experience. She's, she's having a great experience with it so far. It's hard. It's a lot of work. It's a job. But the benefits are definitely outweighing the, the price. Well, and it's, it's so fun to watch, uh, see her progress and see you guys post stuff on Facebook and Twitter. So I, I'm excited to watch her uh, uh, through her career. We haven't done a lot on soccer, so we've done a lot on baseball and basketball, but uh, soccer's a little bit different for me. How does soccer recruiting work in general with both club and high school? Well, I can, I'll talk about it maybe more from the girls' perspective than the boys. Uh, my son, Jace, is, is in the process of going through it now, uh, and it's a little different than it was on the girls' side. I think the biggest thing on the girls' side is it starts so early. You know, I was just shocked and when she's in eighth grade. I mean, she's 14 years old. And I, I would have never, ever even thought at that age to start getting her in front of college coaches. But apparently for girls, because they mature quicker than boys, that recruiting process starts a lot sooner. Now, I think some new NCAA rules is attempting to slow that down a little bit on the girl side, but it's still, it's an early process. As far as help from your high school, all I can do is talk about the high school she went to, and I can tell you she had no help, um, or they didn't reach out to any schools for her or any of the other girls on the team. There were several girls on her high school team that ultimately signed uh, to play with various schools, but none of them received any help from the school. So I would just say 
at least on the girls' side of soccer, I wouldn't count on receiving any help from, from the high school. Club soccer, um, obviously that's your platform. That's your platform to show what you can do. That's where the highest level of soccer is played. It's not the highest level of soccer is not played in high school. It's played at the club level. That's where you get teams that are concentrated with all good players. Jaden played on a team out of St. Louis. Um, Scott Gallagher elite played in the ECNL league. It's a national league. Every girl on that team signed with a division one school. It, it, it's that. And then when you have that many good players playing on one team, you start to have a lot of college coaches that come and watch your practices. They come and watch the games. They come to tournaments and there's that level of exposure. So quite a bit of exposure can come from club soccer, um, high school soccer. You might get some of the local schools to come watch you play at a high school game. But as far as anybody that's outside of your area, probably not going to happen on the soccer side. And that's what I was interested in because baseball uh, is kind of a club or uh, off-season type of uh, recruiting also because a lot of times the teams that are recruiting you are playing at the same time as when you're playing in high school. So that does kind of lend it to a, a club situation. Did, did the club situation, uh, did they help you contact schools and, and help walk you through the uh, process? Uh, the, the club team she played for in St. Louis – did a little bit they would put you in the venue and then it was kind of up to you and, he, and and their coach would if you told him what schools you were interested in before the tournament would start he would email those schools coaches and say hey Jaden Easley's interested in your in your school she'll be playing she wears number whatever and uh, we'll be playing here's our schedule he did do some of that uh, they also made a really nice flyer that had every girl's picture, position, number, GPA, because grades are very important in soccer recruiting. Grade point average turns into dollars. Yes. Very, very important. So, um, yes, the club, the club scene helped quite a bit. And you, you mentioned that uh, Jaden started getting uh, attention when she was like uh, 14. Are you seeing a little bit of difference with uh, Jace? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, he's he's getting interest now. He's a junior. Prior to that, you know, the, there wasn't any any callers, but I, I think that's normal. With a boy, they just don't know what they're going to get. And thank goodness that they don't give up on these kids because when Jace was a sophomore, he was 5'6". He's a junior now, and he's 5'10 and a half. Well, that, that's a little different player. You know, he's gained 25 pounds over the last year. He's a different player now than he was as a sophomore. And I think in general, they know, coaches know that. They know boys mature at a, at a slower rate. And a kid that maybe isn't uh, a college-level looking athlete as a sophomore might be as a junior or senior. And, you know, D2 schools recruit even later than D1 schools do. So if you're interested in a D2 school, I think you have all the way through your senior year, really, to try to find a home one of my other questions was, uh, when did you guys start to get attention? And you kind of answered, answered that. Uh, did you guys prepare a list of schools for Jaden and now Jace? Uh, it's a great question. You know, when, when it started with Jaden, we didn't, I mean, it was such a shock. And, and we weren't really prepared at all. We hadn't thought about it at all. And I'll never forget, we were setting, she was 14. It was after her eighth grade year. It was a summer camp. She went over to uh, KU, over to Kansas. 
And at the end of the camp, they asked us to stay. They wanted to talk to us. And they took us back in, in the coach's office and sat down, and he started giving his recruiting pitch to her. And he said to her, he said, this is as weird for me as it is for you. You're a 14-year-old kid, and I'm asking you if you think you'd like to come to the University of Kansas, and you don't even know what you want to major in, and nor should you. He said, but if I don't start talking to you now, I won't even have a chance when you're 16 years old. And I mean, that's, it was just kind of like, wow, you know, this is, this is strange. And so when we got home from that experience, yeah, you, you make a, a list of schools, try to figure out how far away you're willing to go. And then also make a list. I would recommend making a list of division one schools, division two schools, and maybe NAIA if you're interested in playing. Don't just limit yourself to one level because you just never know. You never know what opportunities. And some kids want to go to a small school. Well, that's probably going to be a D2 school. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some great players at the D2 level. Yes, we made it, and we've already started making a list for Jace of schools he's interested in. The Recruit Me families don't know Jaden. I got to watch her, and, and, and she has specific skills. When she was 14, she was very, she's very fast and very strong. So the other girls on her club team, were they getting attention at age 14 or was it a little bit after that that they got attention? It was later, um, at least on her local club team. Now, the, the club team she played for in St. Louis, I can't really answer to that because she didn't start playing with them until she was about, I don't know, she may have been 15 or 16 before she started playing with them. The local team here, I would say there was some D2 interest. A lot of the girls signed with Drury, a couple signed with, uh, with Evangel. And those local schools, yes, they were coming to watch them play. Even at, you know, maybe more like a freshman, maybe their ninth grade year. Well, and like we said, Jaden was a high-level player early and started getting attention. Uh, how did you guys handle, other than the shock that you talked about, how did you handle the early contacts that she started getting? Well, honestly, and I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but we let her handle it. You know, the, the coaches, because of the NCAA rules, they can't call you. But what they will do is they'll tell you anytime you're on campus, they can talk to you or you can call them. And they're real good about giving you their phone number and maybe even suggesting days and times um, to give them a call. And so we just, Jaden would go in a room. She would shut her door. She didn't want us to listen. Maybe that goes back to that first child independent thing. She handled it herself and she would go in and she would call the coach. They would talk for 15, 20 minutes and, she would come out and didn't really want to talk about it much. She, I'll tell you this. Some of the girls that she played with in St. Louis loved the recruiting process. They loved the attention. Jaden never liked it that much. She didn't like the attention. And she particularly didn't like talking to coaches that she wasn't that interested in the school. She knew she had to act interested because you never know. But it felt fake to her. And so um, from her perspective, that was one of the hardest things about the recruiting process. And, and I've said learning, you know, for a 14, 15, 16-year-old uh, student to learn to talk to adults is one of the uh, growing, part of the growing process, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and again, it, it's kind of particularly on girls' soccer, it's, it's a lot of self-promotion. And by self-promotion, I don't mean bragging and telling somebody how good you are. But you have to take the initiative to reach out. You have to send those emails. You have to make those phone calls. When a coach gives you his name and number and says, call me Mondays at 8 o'clock for the next six Mondays in a row, you got to do it. 
if you're interested. Because if you don't and you miss one of those calls, they may, they may just mark your name off. You know, when I, I tell people it's self-promotion, again, I, I don't mean bragging and telling people how good you are. I just mean being diligent, making those contacts, um, doing exactly what they ask you to do. Um, goes a long way with getting offers to come in. That will end part one of the interview with Kevin Easley. We will pick up next week on part two of the interview and learn more about the dynamics of getting recruited in soccer and getting recruited in general. Come back. There is a lot more to learn. Here is the third myth about athletic scholarships. I covered myth number one and number two in the last two episodes. The eight myths of athletic scholarships are covered in full in the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system that you can invest in for only $99. That special price is good through December 31st, 2020. Go to recruit-me.com backslash system for details. Myth number three, I can trust everything the coaches say and promise during the recruiting process. Truth, coaches realize that not all recruits will choose their college. Therefore, the coaches must over-recruit. They talk to more prospects than they have spots for. Some have a tendency to overpromise and overstate too. And the reality, once you enroll, is not always what it was presented in an attempt to recruit you. So be careful. Ask questions. Try to get to know the coach's character. Check into the coach by talking with friends who may know him or her. Find out about his or her reputation. If you can, talk with current athletes on the team to get their take. The eight myths of the athletic scholarship are brought to you by the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. You can find that on recruit-me.com backslash system. Also, this episode was brought to you by our sponsor, Cody Hanks, your friendly neighborhood realtor in southwest Missouri. Contact Cody Hanks at 417-860-9160 or by email Cody Hanks at swmrealty.com. We'll see you next week for episode 224, part two of an interview with a parent of a D1 soccer player, a high school player being recruited, and an up-and-coming sixth grader, Kevin Easley.